Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Hi, everybody. This is the Potent Pictures Podcast. I'm Dave, as always, and I'm joined by Matt, Peter, and Sean. Gentlemen, why don't you say hello this week, because we've been uh, not saying hello for weeks now. Hello this week, because we haven't been saying hello this week for a couple weeks now. That was terrible. Yes. <laughs> terrible. Sean is listening. Sean is finally listening. I got him, man. We might be able to actually get him to do something correct for once. Maybe upload correctly. We'll see. Anyway, we're here to talk about uh, Dunkirk this week, uh, uh, the latest uh, Christopher Nolan flick. I don't know if anybody's seen it yet. Little, uh, little fun flick about a uh, little, uh, little incident that happened during World War II. A uh, little evacuation of a uh, of a little town. Kind of interesting thing. But uh, we'll see how it all. Uh, yeah, and, and see how it uh, ended up. It's true. I mean, you know, most World War II movies aren't very fun, but this one's pretty. Pretty fun, considering the U.S. isn't it? Yeah. You know, you don't have any stakes in Boom. it. You're just like, oh, this is this is nice, lighthearted fun. Well, now, <laughs> you know, the Allies were in it, so you know, the the guys who won. This was this was a little, it was a loss, but a victory for the for the winners of the. Matt, what I think you're trying to say is that like the Trevor Hoffmans, like the real closers, came in in 1941. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to put a spin on it as to why it might happen <laughs> in some way because it was I don't know what movie you guys saw but I you know it was entertaining and it was a very good film but it was uh, and we'll talk more about it but it was it was it was pretty intense throughout. You say a, so uh, would you not say it was a family flick? You know it might have been family for Peter. I know, I know he had a, a fun time with saying. his family. He, he he brought the family to it, so maybe we could consider Peter, this a family. Peter, flick. did you, you see know, this? Educa- it's edu- educational. Peter, did you see this with the family on vacation this week? If if only I, we all love vacation movies, right, Dave? Huh? 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 I was um, I was a little uh, occupied during my vacation and was unable to uh, view the film, so I may have pushed us out a little bit in terms of when we might be able to discuss this movie. So my bad. Hey, David, you know you know what place always has air condition? The movie theater. Let me ask this question: How how uh? How is everyone's feelings on actually going on a vacation? You know, you're on a vacation for a particular reason, you know, to relax and enjoy your time. You're going to go see the city and whatnot. Um, in this particular case, I happened to drive to Cape Cod, which apparently I did notice there was a, a I believe they called it Cod uh, Cinema. How many of y'all actually gone and seen movies while you're on vacation for, you know, with, with your significant other or with your family or something like that, just going off and just going and seen a movie? While you're there, by, by yourself, De- definitely done it. Either with them or without them. Yeah. yeah, I think we all have, except for you. Well, I'm the. Uh, I have more important things to do, I guess. Well, especially when oh, it's like, hot. When, when I was in New York, I almost went and saw it a second time because they were having record heat. Um, and I went and saw The Dark Knight, and it was so hot the next like four days that I almost went to see it again a second time. It was a good movie, so I wouldn't have complained about it. But I certainly didn't want to pay New York prices. A second time just to get out of the heat but it was it was very tempting isn't that funny how like they charge you like depending on where you go like a movie ticket is two three bucks maybe sometimes even five bucks more than what you know like what you pay in like certain areas like the uh i because i did the same thing matt we saw the dark knight in uh, new york um side note getting concessions getting my uh, cherry coke like i always hit up at movie theaters run our test B- big uh i was like who's this 
tall guy in front of me, six foot seven. Uh, it's maybe six foot eight. I don't know. But uh, I'm like, this guy's got to be a basketball player. And then he turned around. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Ron Artest. But uh, <laughs> side note, um, the movie did itself. Did you get a signature? I did not. I could have got. I should have got it in my popcorn bucket. Um, would have been, <laughs> I was going to say movie places. ticket. I was going to say movie ticket. The uh, yeah, popcorn bucket would have been much better. Um, then I could have put a basketball on top of it, and then just you know, called it the. Uh, that, that, that's using yeah. the old noodle. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that that uh, it, it cost me like tw- I want to say it was like sixteen dollars to go see the movie back in what was that now two thousand. Uh, help me out. I think it was, was two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Two, it was two, summer of two thousand and eight because uh, I was up in Seattle when I actually saw it. So yeah, like I paid. 16 bucks or 15 bucks in uh 2008 so that's just goes to show i think it might have been ten dollars in new orleans at the time when i was um living down there but uh totally worth it one still one of my greatest you know favorite movies christopher nolan shout out um which we're going to talk about here today so um what about you peter have you seen what, what good movie experience have you had on the road See, so the question is, what do you consider vacation? So I've seen, I've done both. I've seen one with family and I've seen a bunch when I'm like on a work trip. So the question is, are we just talking with family? We're talking about personal trips. Uh, yeah, I think vacation because I see a lot while I'm traveling too, Peter, and I don't really count that because really that's just either being in the hotel watching something on Netflix or going out to see a, a, new, uh, a new movie in the theater. So That's fair. All right, so... Let's see. I saw Alien Covenant when I was on vacation with my wife, which that was <clears throat> that was actually or not not Covenant, Alien uh, or Prometheus, Prometheus. Saw that with my wife, and then I saw Avatar in uh, New York actually, which was that was a fun showing because it was a crazy big IMAX theater. So that was that was a lot of fun, and I think I saw one more on a vacation, and it's escaping me well you say you say avatar while well, you're thinking of that one i actually went and saw avatar in pasadena uh, of all places i can't remember why i was even in pasadena but uh not that that's you know the most exotic place but we were you know we were down there on a road trip and decided to go catch avatar well if that's the case then technically i've seen i've seen two movies on vacation then because both of them were actually with you matt i think i saw um oh god what did we just go see spider-man so that yeah then... that's Guardians. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, count. that's pretty amateurish. I'm taking it. I'm counting it because right, fine. We'll we'll let you have your you can, your week. You can have that your one. Week one. But let me put it this way: there was no way I was going to go spend God knows what for uh, a movie in Cape Cod, which was probably going to be a little uh, dinky cinema to see this movie. So I'm quite happy I waited to go see it in XD. Um. So yeah, I guess if. Uh, Y'all have your feelings on uh, movies and vacations completed. I guess we can start moving into our what we're watching and what we're drinking segment. Uh, so I guess we can start with Sean this week. So Sean, what you watching and what you drinking? Well, uh, I burned through... Are you guys familiar with Last Chance You on Netflix? No. It, Negative. it just popped up as a recommendation for me uh, today, I think. so. Yeah, I, it's, it's like a documentary. So it's it's they follow around a... Uh, junior college community college in uh, scuba mississippi which the town itself of scuba mississippi i think has 750 people as uh as residents so it's like as small town as you can get um it's kind of close to meridian mississippi dave if you uh if you're familiar with that um 
that I am. Yeah, so it's uh, probably about like 45 minutes from Meridian. It's probably the biggest city near it. So the uh, it follows like East Mississippi Community College, and they're probably one of the, in this small town, they're probably one of the most well-known uh, junior colleges where like a lot of guys who have been at big Division One programs, sort of like most of these guys that go to the school here, are either like they're not eligible academically to go to, to division one schools or they're so talented at a, from a division one school and they like mess up, whether it's like getting arrested for something, drugs, uh, gun possession, something like that. So they basically get their second chance and it's like their last, it's last chance you so that they can, uh, get another, get like into another school. So a lot of these guys have played for like Georgia, uh, Alabama, Mississippi. Um, uh, there's there's one guy who had gone to Virginia Tech last year. Um, one guy went to Texas Tech. It's just a lot of Division One guys, and then they end up uh, coming here. And then the team typically gets almost to a national championship every year. So the uh, yeah, it's I, I kind of burned through the 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 coach is like an ultimate asshole. Like I don't I all the players hate him. Like I don't know how the hell this guy runs the ship. That's one of the better programs but uh the uh if you do watch it there's like an academic advisor miss Brittany, and she's like probably the funniest character like just she has to it's like this like i'll probably say she's single mom mid maybe late 30s uh mid to late 30s and she's uh (laughs) she basically has to put up with all these guys and trying to get them to go to class do their homework you know sign up for stuff like it's just it's some of these guys have like zero ability to even enter a class online like by just typing their name and stuff so it's pretty bad but uh um yeah that's really all i've watched this past weekend as far as what i'm drinking since we're uh since we're talking about dunkirk this week which was taking place on the beaches of france i uh decided to go with a little french french wine here a uh, french cabernet it's called la Roque vineyards uh from la Roque vineyards and uh it's going down pretty nicely here so uh but what about you matt what are you watching and drinking this week so i've still been trying to you know get through cheers and uh banshees so those are kind of always on either when i'm working or if i have a chance to to pay attention um still enjoying both of them definitely looking forward to wrapping up cheers again so i can finally get a get a take on fraser um since i i you know that's something that was really popular as i was growing up and just never really watched it so looking forward to, to catch that um, soon here. Um, but in terms of, um, what I, you know, actually paying attention to and really watching, uh, Starship Troopers was on in the hotel room last week, uh, towards the end of the week. Nice. And I hadn't seen that in oldie, but a goldie. Yeah, I hadn't seen that one in quite a, quite a while. You know, it was always, it was always an entertaining one to, to toss on. Uh, you know, only good, only good bug is a dead bug. And would you like to know more? Just <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal references that, you know, I still see them pop up on the uh, on the interwebs um, every now and again, even now. So it was was pretty pretty awesome to see it after uh, I, I want to be you know maybe even ten years. Um, so Neil Patrick Harris just just you know awesome to see him uh, almost be like a Doogie Howser. Um, he he was not a kid at that time, but consider, consider you know considering how old he is now, relevant to you know relative to that, it definitely felt like that from like a how I met your mother to that time frame was probably like a Doogie Howser to how I met your mother or Doogie Howser to Star Starship Troopers uh time frame. But uh yeah. And then I also saw Valerian, which 
we we may you know chat on more in terms of the movie news because it had a bit of a, a rough take this weekend. Um, but I love Fifth Element. Uh, Luc Besson typically does a does a pretty good job entertaining me for a couple hours. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we want to. I know the other guys didn't see it, so I don't want to uh, spoil or give any. Uh, um, what did you think about it? Just give us yeah. a okay. quick overview. I, you know, yeah, yeah, quick overall. I, yeah, I understand better, the reviews. I understand the reviews. Um, I, I thought it was entertaining, though. You know, it was. I, I've read a lot of reviews um, that pointed out things that were clear and apparent during the movie, but I don't think that they detracted from my overall enjoyment of the film. Um, so, can I can I ask this between the Fifth Element, Lucy, and this? How would they rank? To, I mean, Fifth oh. Element's leaps and bounds, um, number one ab- above the others. Okay. Uh, Lucy was better when I finally did see it than I expected um, going into it, um, and I've only seen I guess I've only seen Lucy once also. But uh, this this may that would probably be tough between the two. I'd have to see it again. I, I will say that Dane DeHaan, I like him um, in, in movies that I've seen him in, uh, but I don't know if he was the right choice for this kind of lead actor, uh, kind of like macho guy. Like you know, he wasn't really macho, I guess, but just it, it just didn't it just didn't really fit. I don't think you didn't you didn't believe him. Okay, and the chem- the chemistry between him and uh, what Kara. Last name who Delavine. I can't pronounce. Delavine. 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 Del- Delavine or something was she, like that. Was she yeah. terrible, Matt? Be honest. She was better than the wavy arms in Suicide Squad. Because she uh, ruined Suicide Squad. Terrible. Like She was terrible. To be fair. Well, I mean. To be fair, that Suicide was that was 1990s Suicide video Squad. game quality CGI at that scene. So you can't really blame her for that. She was perfectly fine. No, but you can blame her much. acting ability, right? Sorry. Did she anyway. really have I to still act? Blame. I don't really remember her talking at all. She was. She I don't know that you can blame any like one thing. That movie was just terrible. Yeah. So. <laughs> she looked like the Blair Witch that was trying to like you know grab into a corner in that entire movie. Yeah, that's so, all it was. I'll, I'll say this: I, I think I think I'd say Dave and Peter could go see it and and have a good time. I wouldn't recommend Sean go see it. I, I mean, let's be honest though. Sean, I do. Right? I really do like Fifth Element though. Like that's oh. I, I I thoroughly enjoy Fifth Element. That's I, I think maybe it's my Bruce Bruce Willis appreciation, but I, I just, and this doesn't and this doesn't have that so. It is yeah. a bit of a, you know, there's that, there's some chemistry issues, there's some jokes that fall flat, but overall just the, the, uh, and it, you know, credit to the comic book really, but I think they did a good job portraying it on screen. There were definitely some, some issues with the, how much they're trying to portray on screen in terms of backgrounds and aspects of the universe that is, that is, um, the Valerian comic book. Um, but everything that you did get introduced to was, was pretty imaginative and pretty cool. So. So on a scale of. Jupiter ascending to fifth element. This is closer Ooh. to fifth element. Since I've never seen Jupiter ascending, I'm going to say it's closer oh. to fifth element. Um, You're so lucky. But just be happy you never saw it. Yeah. It's terrible. My, my my dad watched it and he actually turned it off, which is a rare thing for my dad because he will watch anything through the end and he was just like, this is a terrible movie. Buy that so, man a beer. He made the right decision. Uh, I, I have to give him that. It's, it's very similar to my experience with... Um, uh, the the Great Wall. I was, uh, and I'll talk about that in a minute. I was just I'll talk about that in a minute. I was actually but, just going to reference that, Dave. I can't remember if I talked about the. I think I talked about the Great Wall last week, but uh, I mean, I will, the, I will I will I will talk that in my section because no, I, uh, I was going to say that is a point where I can compare it. And if you're doing Great Wall to the Fifth Element, um, the Great Wall is not even visible, and and this this is much closer to the Fifth Element. Um, <laughs> Excellent. But, uh, you know, again, the critics. Um, I don't think they pointed out anything that wasn't really obvious to people watching, 
but I, I didn't think it detracted from the the entertainment value of the film. So, so do you think it'll have like a more of a cult following type movie where like the Fifth Element was? Because I don't actually think that did very well. In it the box it didn't. Office. I don't know if this one will just because of the internet and the the way reviews are going around now. It may. It may, but I think it might be tougher for that to develop because now people are just going to not potentially pick it up See on it. Blu-ray or Netflix or something like Fair that. Enough. But um, it could, and I, I kind of hope it does because the the you know like you know the box office wasn't great, and the biggest problem there is this is a pretty entertaining property. Um, lot, obviously, there's lots to explore in the kind of universe that they have available to them, and we just might not to get see get to see any more of it. So it's kind of a shame. That is an unfortunate. The um, I always enjoy his movies just because they're 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 always kind of slightly weird, but like really visually like beautiful. Like all of it, like even Lucy was just kind of a weird movie, but even visually, if you look at it, it was, it was like very pretty how we did everything. Like it's, everything's very colorful and everything. Exactly. And if you go in for that, you won't be disappointed because it did look phenomenal. Uh, the colors and just the, the worlds that you saw were, were quite, quite, uh, quite a thing to behold. And for that reason, I would, you know, I wouldn't, try to deter you from going to see it in theaters because I know you guys, but you know, it's, if you haven't seen Dunkirk or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman, you kind of have to go see those first. So, so let me ask this. How was Rihanna? So that scene, um, <laughs> even without the fact that Rihanna is, you know, an attractive uh, gal, um, in case you don't know, uh, it's a bit of a pole dancing scene, but if you just kind of like watching the scene, which you can't without factoring the fact that she's pole dancing the way that they did. And I think it was in the trailer. They do a lot of like costume changes throughout. It looked very good throughout the, you know, she had quite a few costume changes and there's the transitions between them. I thought were really cool. So um, obviously it was a, a pretty hot take and then it looked pretty cool in general anyway. So no complaints. So better, better than, than better than a uh, battleship. She, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. She was, she was much <laughs> better than in battleship. I completely forgot about that. Dave, how dare you? That movie's a I, classic. I thought she was great. She was the best part about Battleship. She scared oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so what you drinking, Matt? If you uh, if you've seen, unless that was all you've seen all week. Oh, I think that yeah, I, th- I think that that uh, sums it up for me in terms of what I'm watching. Uh, drinking, I'm just having a a uh, whiskey and diet coke from the hotel bar. I was. Uh, what type of whiskey is the question? It is Jack Daniels because I was uh, too lazy to look at what else they had. I was just going, trying to get something quick, and uh, get. I think get I'm seeing a trend room. here, Matt. You you are you are a whiskey drinker at the hotel. I think uh, we should send you a bottle. I'm perfectly okay with that. Something better. I've actually been on um, traveling for work, where if a group of us are staying at the same hotel, we actually would buy a few bottles of good whiskey or good scotch, and uh, we would keep we would keep a bag at the hotel over the weekend so that we could, you know, pick up the remnants and can continue the drinking subsequent weeks. <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Interesting. So the, that's a, that's like a, a booze bag. I like that idea. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I, great. I, it's, that's a great concept. I'm glad to see that. Like, hopefully, it's HR approved because uh, we're recording this. Oh, I mean, it's it's. Uh, there's no you know. There's no work time involved. There's nothing of, of that sort. So no, no laws sure, being broken. Not. The hotel's fine. Sure. Way to cover your tracks, <laughs> I just, Matt. I just, wink, I just winked. It's good radio. All right. Are you giving my double wink? Yeah, I'm actually the one-eyed. The one-eyed. I'm the one-eyed. The one-eyed, man. The one-eyed wig. <laughs> yeah. So what about uh, okay. what about you, Peter? So I had to make up for last week, where I think uh, I basically only talked about uh, one television show I was watching. So this week, I saw a few different things. So the first thing that I watched, and I'm curious if you guys have ever seen this, 
So I married an axe murderer. Have you guys ever seen this with Mike Myers? Ooh, yeah. Bits and pieces on TBS. Yeah. I don't know if I ever saw yeah. it all the way through. I think it also had Ross Geller's first wife as well. It did. And <laughs> I, I, what's up I'm with you and the Friends lie. references? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. This movie has probably one of the worst openings of a movie ever, but eventually you kind of get into it and it's a ridiculous comedy it has it has mike myers written all over it there's no question that it is you know if he didn't have anything to do with writing it which i didn't look into he definitely had a something to do with the ad-libbing and the kind of the banter throughout the movie because every single joke and the delivery and everything it's it's patented mike, mike myers so um it was it was a fun fun one to go watch and kind of I won't say revisit because I don't think I've ever actually seen it. But if I know you guys all said Matt, you said you've seen pieces and you get you know uh, Sean and Dave, you guys said you saw it. I would say go revisit it because it's it's funny to to watch a early '90s movie like this in 2017 and just kind of see what used to be considered a a comedy. There's no question; it's very different. Um, the other two things. <clears throat> uh, I've slowly been I think I've mentioned this before I keep trying to catch up with all the uh, best picture nominations from 2016 I finally just got to La La Land and this is another one I'm curious if you guys have ever if you guys have caught this yet oh yeah not yet I'm uh it's on my list of things to watch I have not seen that so sadly so my wife and I while we we're watching it we kind of you know Things happen. You got to go cook dinner. You got to go tend to the kid, whatever. I was totally not thinking that when you said that. So my bad. (laughs) I don't even want to know where your head was at, Dave. You said things happen. I assumed like a Netflix and chill type situation. And I was like, man. (laughs) Dave, Dave, watch yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, Dave. Um. (laughs) I forgot you're in a a different stage of life. Remember, child and dinner. (laughs) Yeah, you got to remember. Yeah, we're doing adult things. We don't get to do the fun kids stuff anyway. those are adult things <laughs> yeah <it's good. laughs> fair enough fair enough speaking no, of uh, so, by the way speaking of check yourself before you wreck yourself the defiant ones on hbo good show sorry i just want to plug that real fast go ahead sorry to peter <laughs> and if you're wondering sean is producing the defiant ones on i was HBO. just gonna say are we getting are we getting ad time here because if if not we should get some no but um, continue concur concur so so where i was going with it is you know we to your point matt we put it on pause at one point kind of looked at each other and said we're not really sure why this won as many awards as it won so i'm not to say i didn't like the movie not to say it wasn't a quality movie but i do not know how it was nominated for basically every category and how it was you know basically almost knocked it out of the park in terms of every category so i don't know if you kind of thought the same matt yeah, so I saw it after it was nominated, um, and the first, I think, 15 to 20 minutes into the movie, I was pretty happy I was seeing it in theaters. I'm sorry, I was pretty upset I was seeing it in theaters, because I, I was ready to walk out. <laughs> I'd paid for it. I was, I was not really into it. I was very confused why I was nominated. Um, and I'll admit, I'm, gl- I'm glad that I did see it in theaters, um, because I, you know, I was forced to stick it out, and it kind of grew on me. Um, leaving the theater, I was still surprised how much it was nominated for. But as I thought more about it, um, I, I kind of get it, right? You don't see a lot of movies like that anymore. So it's kind of a, a callback to the, you know, singing in the rain and, and all that jazz. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I do think, though, I think it would have been a fine Best Picture winner. 
Um, I think I would have still chosen Hell or High Water, but... Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the one that won... That was the one that did not win. That fake one. Yeah. Won fake technically, one but then didn't win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, technically, it okay. didn't win. Yeah, technically, it didn't win. Based on, it, based it on the definition. It won in terms of... Announcements. In terms of PwC messing yes. up the announcement, yes, it won, yeah. but it actually <laughs> didn't win. Um, now, yeah, I, I totally concur. I mean, I think that's exactly what happened to us. And I would agree with you by the end of the movie, I think I was I was happier with it than I was maybe 20 or 30 minutes in. So I, it was the same kind of feeling. And this um, is why I haven't watched it yet. This is probably why I was very <laughs> hesitant to watch it because I keep getting the I, I hear this exact same thing about it. I, I would say go I would say go watch it still. It's still worth a watch and it's. To, to Matt's point, they don't do stuff like this very often anymore, which is, you know, I guess it's refreshing to kind of get a new take on things. And it's got likable people. So it's it's worth a watch. Yeah, and it, and I think watch. the last musical I watched in theaters that I really enjoyed, um, actually, I don't know if I saw this one in theaters. I was a little young, but uh, it was the South Park movie. It was probably one of the most recent uh, musical oh, that's motion pictures musical. that I've seen. So. Um, but is that a South South Park, if you haven't seen, seen South Park? Yeah, if you haven't seen South Park, bigger, longer, uncut, go see that first, and then maybe La La yes. Land. But uh, in terms of musicals, those are probably the best two of music, of recent memory. <laughs> Agreed. And then actually, right after you go see South Park, go see uh, Book of Mormon in in uh, phenomenal in a theater. Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, Lottie, Lottie, da guys. <laughs> Some of us are more cultured than you, Matt. We like to see dirty people talking about. Mormons in a in a play, Are, isn't it Mormons in Mormons in a play? Do I not know the premise I, I was of this re- movie? I was I was referencing uh, the people that wrote Trey it, Parker and Matt Trey Parker and yeah. Matt Stone. Agreed. Yeah, so I don't think they're okay because I was like, I don't think they're talking in it, do they? They they are in no. it actually. Well, uh, uh, Trey Parker's in it. That's hot. <laughs> and by in it, I mean he does a voiceover. So you gotta love it. Oh, in the Broadway production. Uh, he does, yeah. Oh, interesting. So they didn't have it. Like we have the, you know, we, I saw it in Houston and um, peasant. No, unless they, pardon. Uh, I was calling you a peasant for seeing it in Houston and oh, not on peasant. Broadway. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. We saw it in Houston. Thoroughly enjoyed the heck out of it. Then I went back and listened to the soundtrack for it, and I did. I actually liked the Houston, the guys through the production company that was putting it on in Houston, like. I felt like they sung it better. I, I enjoyed it more in terms of them. Like, uh, what was it? Josh Gad was the uh, original actor in the, uh, he was playing the pudgy he guy was. in it. He was. And I, I listened to the, the on I, I guess Spotify that actually allowed it, that you can actually listen to the original soundtrack. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't appreciate it as much. It wasn't as, I, I didn't enjoy his singing as much as I enjoyed the guy who was playing it in Houston. Just personal preference and... So I'm kind of intrigued to see because I think Hamilton's coming here in a few months and we've been listening to that. So I'm very intrigued to see if I actually enjoy uh, listening to the uh, Houston people, uh, whatever production company that brings to Houston, uh, the Hamilton soundtrack. Because actually, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It's actually pretty damn good. If you haven't seen Hamilton, I've heard good things. Just saying. I, I have as well. I do want to I do want to change to, change uh, tunes back to uh, the Friends wife reference and uh... – how to marry marry an axe murderer? Definitely not her. I always, for some reason, think it's her, and it's very much not <laughs> no, her. That's so, Nancy Travis. You're yeah, thinking of? She's yeah. uh, in another show with uh, she's been Tim a few Allen. others. She's yeah, she's in Last Man Standing, and she was also you know talking about Cheers. She was in a show with Ted Danson for a few years as well. No, she's fun, not a show. She's in a uh, fun Three fact. Men and the Lady, Three Men and the Little Baby. 
uh, she's the wife. Tom Selleck. So, oh yeah, that's a. Right. Oh, speaking of uh, Ted Danson, Tom Selleck, and Steve Gutenberg, it's a real, it's a real treat. I was just gonna let that sit for a while because I didn't think anybody had anything to top three men and a little baby. No, you uh, can't nope. top that. Yeah, maybe three men and a little three, lady. The well, sequel. Was there, I was gonna say. Is there yeah, anything say more nineties than that? Then uh, you know, maybe look who's talking. Look who, look who's talking. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, Boom. definitely. You have to think that that movie had two sequels, and th- three men and a little baby had one sequel. So, hey, you know what? Maybe they weren't that bad. They were good movies nah. back in the day. But actually, you know, fun, 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 fun fact about the Cheers thing actually got shit faced at um, and closed out Cheers uh, this past weekend. So it's not fun. Me- that's just par for the course, David. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That was kind of a maniacal laugh about yourself getting drunk. I like that because <laughs> he's actually drunk right now. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I may, I may or not have killed the, my purchase bottle from uh, a place I visited while I was there. I will talk about that in a little bit. Very similar to my, my watching experiences this week. I want, I want to hear about what Peter's drinking. Yeah, that's what I want to hear about. Let me let me round that out and I'll end it with that. So there is a great brewery down in Austin. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Jester King. And they specialize in farmhouse ales and sours. And, you know, if you go... You go talk with some of the people in the know about beers, you know, in the, the the underground beer trading market. Everybody always wants to get Jester King, mostly because they don't really distribute. I'm, I'm sorry. I, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Is there a black market for beer? It's not really a black market, but there's, you know. We're, let's <clears> let's call like, it a black market for beer. We're going to run with this. We'll, we'll call it a black market. Yeah. So essentially people, you know, hit the forums. They trade beers around because, uh, you know, you can't get everything everywhere. Everybody doesn't distribute. So. They are one of these breweries. Uh, they have a lot of good stuff. Um, they definitely do specialize in the sours. I mean, almost everything is is a sour there, but they are good. So one that I had is called Hibernal Dichotomous. It's uh, it's one of their. I, sh- I won't say seasonals. It's it's a. Uh, they did it in 2016, and they kind of aged them, and and they released it. I believe it was uh, not that long ago, but cracked into that last night, and it was pretty tasty. But overall, uh, just something to say, if you are in Austin and you can, you should definitely try out Jester King because not only is the beer good, but awesome environment. It's a huge outdoor kind of, basically it's like a farm. You go out there and, you know, play, play bags. Uh, you know, there's a pizza place right next door, drink a few beers, hang out with your friends. Definitely an awesome environment, an awesome place to be. So uh, yeah, try out Jester King. But Dave, let's get to you. Let's hear about what you are Ooh. watching. I'm dying oh. to know. Alrighty. So, had some interesting uh, watches this week. So, um, last week we talked and um, Matt brought up the uh, the Great Wall. And, we, and through more of our discussions, I decided I was going to give it a chance. And I was hoping... To, to clarify, you're going to give it a chance not because I said it was good. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! You you I forgot what you put it on in terms of how you said bad it was, was terrible. Like so, yeah, but but there was <laughs> yeah, a comparison. It's true. My vocabulary is not oh. very good. I just I said terrible. No, not terrible. You actually said it was the worst movie you've ever seen. So I wanted to give it a little try. Oh dear God! Let, oh, let's be honest here. Matt oh, actually challenged you. Matt said you need to go watch it. So oh, I'm oh, glad you took that challenge. Oh dear God! Um, 
I was on vacation, not not on vacation, but basically I had gotten home, getting ready to go leave. I was packing to to go on vacation the following day, and I tried watching this. I originally thought this might be a movie made in uh, 2000 because the graphic, the the effects in this movie were so terrible, the plot was so terrible, the acting was so terrible. I just I felt like I was watching like a souped up version of the Power Rangers on the Great Wall, except there were like a billion freaking Power Rangers. It was so, Dave, so bad. Would you call this movie terrible? Terrible, I wouldn't even put it in. As a, <laughs> I, I think terrible actually gives it a good um, a review in that perspective because I actually shut off the movie within 30 minutes. I've never done that about a movie. I've literally never shut a movie off 30 minutes into the movie. This this movie forced me to do it. I could not. Whew, it was it was bad. it was terrible. I. I and Matt, I think I even texted you afterwards and telling you how bad it was, and you were trying to force me to rewatch it. I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I mean, there's only I, yeah. so much. There's I, only so much self. I didn't like, shut it off, but I did fall asleep, which I guess is probably the same thing. But oh, it was so bad. I did, did, okay. So somebody brought up that he Matt Damon actually turned down a movie for this role. Is this true? Does anyone know if that's true? Somebody mentioned that to me, and I was not positive. I, I'm Anything? unfamiliar with it, but it, it, you know. Sean, Sean Connery turned down Aragon, so it's it's tough to say. And I said Aragon Ooh. when I meant um, <laughs> Elrond. He would have been a he would have been a sweet seventy year old Aragon though. But he, he I was going to say, man, that was, a, that was an interesting. <laughs> Aragon wasn't horrible. It was bad, but it wasn't horrible. Was no, no, no. To see in, Lord of the, in Lord of the Rings, Aragon. The, oh, but he turned, down, about the... he turned down Elrond in Lord of the Rings because oh. uh, you lost all credibility there, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> no, Elrond was. If you don't remember, Aragon was a dragon Aragon. movie. It was a dragon movie. Boom. That was the yeah okay. Boom. I, I remember the title. I was gonna say because it was it was a young kid, but it don't. But anyway, so then then um this so this weekend I also because I was traveling I downloaded the the keepers. I don't know if y'all y'all have heard of this. It's a Netflix uh series. Sean, you've probably heard about it because it, it deals with the Catholic Church, and you seem to be on the on the know about this. You've seen this. Which one? The you said the in between keepers. In no, the is? keepers. No, the, the in betweeners. <laughs> as much no, as I enjoy traveling no. with the in betweeners. No, I've I've never actually seen the keep the keepers. You said right. I've never seen that. Yeah, um, pretty pretty effed up uh, uh, show. So I, I watch about two episodes in. It's, I think it's an eight to nine uh, episode uh, a documentary on on Netflix uh, about unfortunately a, a murder of a nun, which turned into some other stuff within this. Uh, particular Catholic school, um, like abuse uh, charges and stuff like that. So I'm getting, you know, about two episodes in on the flight there. On the flight back, I'm I'm getting ready to pull it out, and I'm I'm realizing there's a lot of accusations against the Catholic Church and all kinds of stuff like that. You Very shouldn't pull it out watching a show like that, Dave. It's inappropriate. So, well, wait, just wait, just wait. A nun sits next to me on the plane flight, so I'm like, well, guess I can't watch this. So. End up not finishing it, um, mainly because I, you know, I wanted to respect uh, the the young nun who actually sat next to me. She seemed like she was just starting out, so didn't want to, didn't want to, uh, you know, make her flight too awkward. Give her so, ideas. But the, eh, the one, they, well, they, they was, if you watch it, you'll understand a little bit better. No, I. Um, but I was so far, so good. I've heard good things. So just FYI, um, another thing that I. Uh, actually started watching again uh, since I got back was um, I kind of felt the need to start watching The Wire again. I kind of had a hankering for it for some strange reason. Not sure. I think this weekend I was talking with some people um, about suggestions for shows 
and uh, they said they really liked Oz and you know, stuff like that. And I was like, well, you know, great show that you need to watch is is The Wire. Always a great, you know, come back to it. What five seasons, uh, ten or eleven episodes each one. Great show. Always recommend it to everybody. But you know, pushed it, and then I was like, man, I would have just watched it. So I started that back up. Well, you know but, why, uh, right? You know the real reason why, right? Why? With Game of Thrones back on, you got Patire Baelish out there making you want to oh, watch the one. Season season three? I think so. Or season two. I think starting in season three through yeah, some yeah. Well, like no, basically through, yeah, well, yeah, through a period of time in the show. Let's not get and, su- and, for folks and surprisingly surprisingly not a fat Peter Baelish in uh, in Game of Thrones this season. Not a not a fat Peter. You're Baelish, very critical. We, I can't remember the guy's name. But you're very critical about his weight fluctuations. <laughs> man, he blew up in uh, in Arthur. Man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pleased by his uh, by his blow up. It was it was very disappointing. Very disappointing. But anyway, um, but I did um, because, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in uh, in movie news based on the, um, the Comic Con stuff. But uh, we were sending out each other the uh, red. Uh, I'm sorry, Ready Player One. I don't know if y'all have read it. I know, Matt, you read it. Um, I think you turned it on, turned me on to it. Uh, started rereading that while I was on the flight, while I was sitting next to the nun when I couldn't watch uh, any of my shows. So, um, enjoying the heck out of it again. Uh, pumped up about the, the trailer, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but in terms of what I'm drinking, um, I did go visit uh, Sam Adams while I was up in Boston this past weekend, and I bought a... Uh, uh, three pack of basically it's like these uh, almost two pints um, of uh, their sample beers that they they sell out of there and the one I'm drinking tonight is uh, it's called New World it's a golden triple with uh, notes of spice and tropical fruit uh, pretty damn good um, if you ever get a chance to do a the uh, Sam Adams uh, brewery tour while you're up in uh, Boston I always recommend it uh, that one and Harpoon uh, I know I've done that one Sean you did that one with me it was both of them were a good time. I think Sean, did we pay for Harpoon? Do you remember? I don't. I think we did. Yeah. So Sam Adams free. Um, you are limited because I know Harpoon. It was basically all you can drink for you know forty five minutes or whatever they ended up giving us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam Adams. It's it's a little bit more limited because they'll do like maybe three beers, but they'll fill up these pitchers. And if you happen to be on a tour with a small amount of people, you get to finish those pitchers. So. You know, they may pull out five or six pitchers and just leave them out and you can drink all of them. So we, we enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, and I'm drinking it out of my Samuel Adams uh, or the Boston Beer Company uh, specialty uh, design uh, pint glass. I don't know if y'all have seen this. It's the, uh, I'm not really sure how to explain it, but it's a specialty uh, pint glass that I got for free while I was there. It's it's supposed to bring out the better flavors of the beer. And so far, I've been uh, enjoying the heck out of it. So I just kind of killed it while we've been sitting here uh, drinking. So I would recommend it. The other two I had were, um, I'm not sure, but one was like a wine taste, uh, more of a cherry wine type thing. So maybe maybe you could be drinking that with your uh, wine, Sean. It was a good one. But anyway, that's really all I've been uh, watching and drinking this week. Uh, so I guess we can start moving into some movie news. So uh, Peter, you want to lead us off with a little movie news this week? Yeah, so I think the first thing to talk about is just box office, right? So we all saw Dunkirk this week, and Matt talked a little bit about Valerian, and I think the two big ones to talk about are those two. So from a box office standpoint for Dunkirk, uh, it actually won the weekend. Won the weekend with $50.5 million, which was 
uh, much higher than what they had it projected as, especially given the kind of content of this movie compared to Nolan's other movies that have been out. Um, And on top of that had just around a hundred million dollar budget. So, I mean, right off the bat, it's already recouped half of its half its budget in the first weekend, and it's probably going to do pretty well going forward. Just kind of given again, uh, this will probably have decent legs. It's it's going towards an older crowd, and you know, not not everybody who's going to appreciate this type of movie is going to be able to see it opening weekend. So I, I'm sure there'll be kind of continued strength. But the I was gonna say, the other end of the coin, yeah, go ahead. I was Sean. just say what's really impressive is the fact that it's in about 800. 800- theaters less than like spider-man and uh i don't know about valerian but i know like spider-man was over 40 i think it was close to 4500 theaters um so the fact that it's pulling in 50 million dollars in less than 800 theaters is i mean shows that it's a really strong movie and can't wait to see like how it does as we continue on through the week yeah totally agree was there a particular reason why it didn't get um as much wide release my guess is that it's an artsier film more than like your normal summer blockbuster yeah, I would I would totally agree. It's it's All not right. something that I think they would would try to get in every single theater. I mean, obviously Spider-Man they're going to put it in mom and pop theaters around the world because that's what's going to sell. So Fair enough. Um fair enough. I mean, it is a World War II movie, so that's why it's kind of one of those ones where you think they could they can they can push it a little bit easier. You know, just you know, memories of like the Saving Private Ryan type things. Maybe they, you know, I, we won't talk about how how it compares against that, but you know, just World War Two movies tend it to do fairly yeah. well. It do, it tends to do they they tend to do fairly well in 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 smaller towns and whatnot. But anyway, continue. They they do well, and and just to put it in perspective, thirty seven hundred theaters is is an insane number yeah. of theaters. I mean, Spider Man is they basically put it in like Joe's garage is how many theaters that was. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is this isn't shabby, by the way. Yeah, good, good, good call, uh, theater, because the, all I was thinking was like, yeah, it's fewer, but it's still a crap ton of theaters. So it's, it's yeah. not, let's not take that away. Maybe maybe a few people had to drive 15 miles. It's still less than 10, 10 per, five, ten per but, state. Uh, Wait, what? less than 10 per state? Sean, we got to... Yeah, gotta I'm an idiot. 100, 100 per <laughs> state. <laughs> how, many, how many states are there? <laughs> Apparently, there's not more than... Yeah, well, anyway, in sorry. Communist let's Russia. just backtrack and just go with this. <laughs> I, I like that, Peter. <laughs> it's Soviet Russia. You don't drive cars. It's Soviet Russia. Less than 10 per state of mind possible. <laughs> so then 50 so million is pretty t- impressive at 10 per state, just FYI. <laughs> well, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, hell, that, those, those, and those theaters, theaters would, it. you know, I, I want to blame Dave for not going to see a movie in a theater that that's packed, no matter how good the AC is, it would be hot. <laughs> Yeah, so how about that? Yeah, just suck on that, guys. <laughs> so, so to continue with box office, having so, said that, <laughs> Valerian, on the other hand, uh, you know, Matt kind of talked about his opinions on the movie, and the overall opinions from a critic standpoint weren't great. I mean, they weren't terrible. They weren't again uh, Jupiter ascending terrible, but they weren't weren't great. And the box office was. Pretty pretty poor. So it made uh right around seventeen million on. I, they're saying it's around one hundred and eighty million dollar budget, but when you add in marketing, they're saying it could even be closer to two hundred plus. So uh, th- they're already saying this is going to be a loss, no question. In fact, the the studio that produced this, which is I believe it's either partly owned or it's, started it's by Lucasfilm Theater, it, it company, and it was actually the highest uh, highest cost for a independent film. Or most expensive yeah, independent film. The, yeah. 
I was just going to say most expensive independent film in France too, or most expensive film in France. It's probably, um, probably uh, best served on the shelf then. Cause uh, yeah, this, yeah. Anyway. So just <laughs> it's, it's Europa pictures is a production company. And um, I can't remember the name of it, but the actual, the distribution company that was going to distribute it in the U S actually went under. So somebody else had to pick it up. Not that, not that exciting of a tale, except for the fact they didn't do too well. So they're probably not too excited about the fact that they picked it up after another, another studio went under. Um, but that being said, you know, quality or quality of the film, you know, regardless, it, you know, it, this is a, t- this is a whole conversation, but it's, it's very interesting for this movie to come out this week, go against Dunkirk. I don't think it would have done phenomenal if it didn't. Um, but I, I think it could have had a better weekend if they didn't come, come open against Dunkirk following weekends where you have, um, you know, Spider-Man still in theaters and Wonder Woman. So it was an interesting interesting uh, release date for sure on that but matt that's kind of sort of the like the danger of summer movie film releases because of the fact that like every weekend has at least one movie that's you know pretty hyped so um yeah i think it could have uh, gone against like baby driver or um atomic blonde next weekend and then yeah you know, maybe maybe a, a little point. better i mean dunkirk's uh, been marketed like crazy plus it's christopher nolan so i mean like, but I, I'll disagree though. I think Baby Driver is a great movie, and I think it still would have gotten beat by Baby Driver. But anyway, I haven't seen this one, so I can't really put a hundred percent. It's not a, like, it's not a quality. I just mean the box office draw. That's yeah, all I yeah. meant. But yeah. it was a weak weekend. End of the months are always tough. So I think this is this is worth mentioning because it brings back some nostalgia. But uh, you know, Kevin McAllister's dad died. Uh, John Hurd. For anybody who has seen Home Alone, which should be everybody on the planet. Uh, John Hurd, who plays, uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin's dad in the film, he passed away. So it's uh, a bit of sad news and kind of makes you think of some of those great 90s flicks that I think we all kind of know. I mean, shout out to John Hurd. Uh, One of the funniest scenes is in uh, the movie Big when they're playing, uh, is it handball, I believe? And they're basically, and he sort of just keeps going back and forth and throws, ends up throwing the ball and throws a tantrum, which the concept of the movie is completely opposite of that, is that, you know, Tom Hanks' character is the the child, but yeah, it's yeah, great movie, big big, indeed, and, uh, no, indeed. he'll be he, greatly uh, missed. He played it. He, he, you know, if you look back at his IMDb history, he has done a lot of stuff, and it's always small little characters he he, he brings in and just knocks them out. Um, one of them that I completely forgot about, which was which was a great show. If you've never seen it, um, so you know, great great show that he uh, had a little little cameo in was uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new the the reimagining um, of it of what back in two thousand and oh god, sometime in the two thousands, not yeah two thousand three, I think, yeah, something like that. And he was uh, he was actually another commander of a ship next to Adama, so uh, which was uh, James. Oh god, I'm gonna botch his. I'm trying to think of his name. James Olmos, right? Edward James Edward James Olmos. Edward James Olmos. I was I was close, you know. With with the coming of uh, the new Blade Runner movie, starting to starting to kind of think I need to go rewatch uh, Blade Runner original, depending on that. But you know he played a commander in that, and I forgot exactly the plot line of that particular episode. But um, going through his IMDb, I was I was like, oh man, I forgot about all this stuff that he actually played in. And if you go through it, he's got these little one parters in a l- ton of stuff. He has been working, God knows how much for all these years. So everybody's probably seen him. If you haven't seen Home Alone, which if you haven't, you, you really need to go reassess your life at this point because that's a classic uh, Christmas movie similar to uh, Die Hard. 
I will give a shout out to one last summer movie that's that is ref, uh, relevant here is he was the dad in uh, White Chicks, which is a great comedy back from 2004 with the Wayans brothers, which you did uh, not just quote. Uh, no, you did not I, just say White Chicks. John Hurd was John Hurd was the dad. I forgot and, uh, he was like that. the villain. So I don't know if you guys remember that. I, I'm confused how he could be the dad in that since. Uh... But we won't get we won't get into that. <laughs> he he actually was he was he was the father of the uh, he was the father of the uh, the rival clan of girls that was making fun of. Oh, the it's a clan. Hilton it's a clan now too. Jeez. Yeah, that's a it's a pretty dark movie. It sounds like yeah. I didn't realize the clan was in it. Oh, multiple times. Seen, I, I've seen, seen enough, and I've seen them in the makeup. No, and I'm I'm proud. Oh, you got to get over that. It's hilarious. Get get out of here. Next thing you know. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Sean, I I think I I just lost some some respect for you. Sean. Well, I, I'm just I'm more I'm more or less impressed that you had respect from the get go. So Terry, Terry Crews is in that movie, correct? <laughs> Am I thinking of the right? Of course, and, and he was bouncing his pecs like every other thing he does. <laughs> he he was he was not I providing so. I mean, he was not providing. Uh, for, I will say or, that the, uh, anything like that in this particular movie, which is always a disappointing thing. Greatest character he's ever played. I don't remember who's. I just remember the the scene in that movie when John, uh, not John Hurd, but. Uh, Terry Crews is sitting there singing like the I forget the yes. song. It's like if I would fall into your arms. Yes, Natalie Ambrosia. That, like, That's crazy. Those, Who sings Natalie yeah, Ambrosia? I guess that was time yeah, for White Chicks. That, Ter- oh, yeah. Terry Crews. Great. <laughs> Great, uh, great but yeah, film. it's, it's hilarious. But anyway, Cruz. sorry. That's uh, just shout out, shout out to John Hurd. Rest in peace. You know, great film. But uh, that was not the only thing that happened this week, though, right, Peter? There is so much more, guys, and I think the main topic here is San Diego Comic-Con. Last week, we talked about D23, which is kind of Disney's big uh, big convention. And then, of course, Disney also heads to Comic-Con with their Marvel properties. And there's so much going on. There's a ton going on with DC. There's a lot going on with Marvel, a lot going on with Netflix. So, uh, you know, DC had a, a huge trailer reveal there for Justice League. And I don't know about you guys, I watched it and completely changed my opinion of what I think this Justice League is going to be and, and kind of the, the tone and the and the feel for the movie. And part of that is because, you know, obviously we talked about before, Joss Whedon has come in and, and taken over for Zack Schneider as he's been having some some family issues. And they've been going through reported extensive reshoots of, you know, equating to about $25 million and multiple months worth of reshoots. So it seems to me like the trailer really is taking a different tone and it's taking more of a, a Joss Whedon-esque tone. And I don't know, for me, it, it kind of, uh, it was exciting. It looked good. I don't know if you guys thought the same or maybe you still think it could so be crap. Just a real quick thing. Do you think that Joss Whedon came in and said, fuck Zack Snyder? Like, I feel like he just completely was like, I don't, this movie sucks. Like, I'm going to completely redo half everything. Uh, or not everything, but just everything outside of the action sequence. You know, I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe he might, he may have released a little bit more in the trailers than, than um, previously thought. Because, you know, everybody was complaining. They were kind of seeing it was like dark and Josh Wheaton came in and was like, all right, let's use more of the lighter uh, stuff that might be actually in the film. And that's kind of what I'm hoping is going to be the thing. Because, you know, we were talking about the reshoots with uh, Henry Cavill, right? And that means he's going to be brought in, which we're thinking, you know, everything I'm everything I'm hearing about this is that he probably won't be in like three quarters of the movie. And is that what y'all are hearing as well? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, 
Well, I mean, he's he's technically I'm dead going into the, the movie. That's what I'm saying, but so I think it's like the the more interesting thing about it is, yeah, the mustache that he, you know, Henry Cavill or Cavill's f- filming uh, MI6 with uh with Tom Cruise over at Paramount, and their contract won't let him shave the mustache that he has. Um, so Warner Brothers is going to have to remove that in post with some CG effects, which you know they've they've obviously gotten quite good at, but it's just. They have to go to that extent to do the reshoots. The, the real thing is, though, you know, that you see a different tone in the trailer. Uh, like you said, Dave, and none of the reshoots that Joss has had are likely to be in that at that point. So, you know, it's just interesting that they can create such a different tone with the trailer with existing things, with existing shots. Um, and I, I think it's partially, you know, Joss being there, but also I think they see how well Wonder Woman did without the dark um, tone that so much of the other DC... Yeah you know, properties have done in the, in the universe. And, um, even with some of the shots, I saw some comparisons between some shots that were in both of the, the previous trailer and this one, they're, they're much, it's a lighter palette for the scenes that are there. So you can kind of see the exact same shots and they're kind of a more, uh, brighter, you know, they're still kind of dark, you know, in, in terms of the, the tone, but it's a much lighter picture and yeah. image. So it's, it's interesting that they're able to, um, do all that kind of set that tone, after the fact so well and I'm definitely excited about it and I don't know if it's more the change in the trailer or the update to the trailer the prospects of Joss Whedon or coming off the high that is uh, Wonder Woman so we'll see but I'm looking forward to it also uh, to add just to just one more thing um, really surprised I wasn't sure how much I was going to be uh, into Ezra Miller's The Flash uh, this this trailer kind of sold me on him and um, the humor that's there and all that so I'm I'm really looking definitely. forward to that aspect of it Thank you for bringing that up. That was that was a big point I wanted to bring yeah, up. Thank definitely you. agree. Like quick to that point though, like that's he basically like he I think he fits more of what Joss Whedon does than like Zack Snyder just because of that he has that like that humor maybe like what Robert De Niro has with uh, Iron Man just like that sarcasm. So I feel like that fits pretty I'm well. I'm sorry, who? Um, I said Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. You said Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh. <sorry. laughs> My my bad. That guy can't even get out of his chair anymore. Say, so, uh, I was like, man, hey, all right. I wish but, Robert uh, was That would be a whole other movie. But uh, the the one thing I wanted to plug real fast was just the fact that uh, they were making so many jokes. I saw about uh, Cesar Romero, who was the Joker back in the old Batman series. So Cesar Romero had a mustache that they had to they put the Joker's white face paint over. So all the jokes were like, this is going to be the Cesar Romero of this Batman series or this uh, Justice League series with uh, the whole Henry Cavill and his mustache. They were like, we should just put like a paint over it and just let it be and, you know, call it nostalgia. But uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty damn funny. Um, but yeah, what about you, Peter? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree with you guys. The one last thing that's interesting is, you know, with Joss Whedon, I think Dave, asked the question, or maybe it was Sean, you know, who, do we think that they're throwing out you know, everything that had been done before and Joss is going to kind of take it from the start. There was, there has been some talk that he was pulled in actually uh, early, early, early on in the process of the movie to help kind of re rework the script and kind of tweak the script. So it's interesting that, you know, the question is, is he actually going to be redoing things or is it that maybe some part pieces and parts in the movie were already, you know, already 
his work and now he's just going to add in some reshoots so he's he's essentially just amping up some of the style that he already interjected and maybe had been drowned out with the color palette so so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting uh i think the question that will always remain is what would this have looked like if uh, schneider didn't walk away and you know will it have been the same movie but we will never know so um I think we had one more movie news piece, and I think this one was you, Matt. I think you you wanted to talk. Yeah, about so it. you know, Dave mentioned it, but uh, Ready Player One just a just a real good book, uh, really entertaining. If you like the nostalgia feel to it, um, I'm sorry if you, if you enjoy nostalgia, 80s, anything beyond that, maybe some 90s. Um, really good book by Ernest Klein. I recommend it. Uh, but we got to see the first the first trailer was released, um, and you know, directed by Steven Spielberg, which is you know always a you know, always a good thing. Um, and I don't know what, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts? I'm, I'm excited about the, I'm excited about the prospects of the book becoming a movie. Um, but it, it always seemed like it was going to be a tough, a tough one to do just because, uh, well, you, you think it's, t- it's going to be tough because it's, it's mainly a, a book about the eighties nostalgia and then every possible imagination that you can have for all the different, you know, characters in the novel all culminating in this, in this virtual world. So, I, you know, it's going to be more of a virtual or a CGI heavy movie than one would one would hope. Is that is that where you're going with it? So yeah, exactly. It's going to be because t- so much of the you know, it's kind of like The Martian. And Dave, you and I talked about this because we both read The Martian as yeah. well, and we talked about that because right, the whole book is written with that book was written in a way that you know he's basically writing a journal or a log, um, and this and the movie was able to do it with a video log, um, and so that's how they did The Martian. This movie's all internal thoughts and references, kind of like a, uh, you know, kind of like a Da Vinci Code, where you, you had um, somebody, you know, the book was based off a lot of explanation of thoughts of like what the character was thinking as they're seeing these things and deducing these things. This is a, a character explaining all these references and how he learned these references and figured these out. And so it's tough to do those kinds of things without a lot of exposition. Um, so it's going to be interesting if they have him team up with somebody. Um, to kind of have conversations about these kinds of things and how they're going to go through these references. Uh, but either way, you know, the, yeah, the Iron Giant in there, and that was pretty exciting. So it's always it's always fun to see love there. And we'll, we'll see how many references they can fit in in a you know, two-hour movie without being too obnoxious. But we're also going to have to lose some of the references as well. So it's going to be a lot more simple than, uh, than maybe what you got to experience in the book. Maybe that means we're going to have some... Uh, nostalgia mystery solving montages in the movie to kind of <laughs> to kind of like you know excite your senses with a, ta- a lot of nostalgia it'll, it'll all be the leveling leveling up uh, montages but but actually you bring up an, an interesting point uh, in regards to how they're going to film it so i you know i just started reading it because of the uh, thing matt did you, have you read it of recent in recent in uh, recent years or it's been about a year or two. No, no, not since the. Yeah. So, so the the uh, the prologue for this actually indicates that he's um, dictating this to uh, the reader. The whole book is actually being dictated to the reader to set the record straight for this. Um, uh, I guess this this event in human history, if you will, because. Um, if anyone's read the book, you understand that this this oasis is the is the thing that's called. It's this basically this virtual world in in um, on the internet that everyone has access to, and it basically changes the entire world in terms of economics and interactions and whatnot. And he's the one who uh, goes on this quest to find um, the creator's, uh, I guess, maze, if you will, 
um, very similar to Westworld if you if you think about it. It's a it's a maze within that maze if you uh, when you kind of think about it. But it, it basically the book starts off that he's dictating this to the reader because he wants to set the record straight because there have been multiple movies and you know documentaries and stuff all set and it's and he basically states that this was you know they they never actually hit the actual points this is what the the real story is so it's basically an autobiography if you want to think of it like that so sorry i just wanted to i just i i just started reading it again and i forgot about that and it actually makes perfect sense how we might be able to get his internal thoughts because you're gonna have a narrator and um i know we all have issues with the narrator uh type movie uh what was the one we recently watched that had the narrator and we just destroyed it um oh the one about the general um that was the yeah um, brad pitt movie war war machine yeah the great movie war machine (laughs) (laughs) but what let's not get sidetracked on that that's that movie yeah um check out that episode if you want to hear more (laughs) peter and sean have you are you guys familiar with the book have you guys read it i'm kind of curious what your thoughts are going into the movie and Dave, just to just add, I, I forgot that it was a that was the tone of the book, or you know that was the background. I yeah, I was so into just reading the book as it was, I forgot that it was an explanation. But but yeah, Peter. I mean, I've I've personally never read it. The only the only kind of um, the only background I have coming into it is uh, I read a lot of uh, you know tech blogs and tech sites. It's just been something I've been interested in for a long time and they always reference this as being a movie that's going to come out and will kind of be interesting because it's it's based around vr and obviously vr is the new the new thing nowadays for those young youngins um but i I know geez damn kids but i mean yeah I, i have nothing to compare it to so watching the trailer i didn't i personally didn't even know what i was looking at i mean other than catching the pop the pop culture references i didn't really get what the movie's about but it, it looked like it could be fun so i'm i'm definitely on board to see more uh, i will say kind of the way you talked about dane dehan earlier and you know was he the right choice for valerian i'm not really sure that the the kid they chose is the right choice he, he played cyclops in um x-men apocalypse and I, I i think he's okay i'm not a huge fan but you know i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and yeah i don't really have much much to add besides that. I mean, I'm pretty much the same. Never read the book. Didn't really uh, know much besides the trailer. Only thing that I found interesting was that it was filmed in Columbus, Ohio. Or not filmed, but like takes place there, which, um, yeah, they said that it's the fastest growing city and it kind of is. So anyway, besides that, don't have much to add. No. Uh, it did It did sort of entice me though to want to learn more and see more. Did you guys at least recognize the Iron Giant? I did, yeah. Pop, okay. The pop culture references, like what what Peter Indeed. was saying. Yeah, okay. I got those. Okay, just wasn't sure if that specific one, which was the most yeah. predominant one, was 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 one hundred percent caught. Just such a good movie. I was just that, want to talk about the Iron Man. By the way, was that was that a was that a Vin Diesel voice character in the original? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shut out. Okay, family. So 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 yeah. one little thing I do want to point out to everybody is um uh so ready if you happen to read Ready Player One once you finish it. Go and read the Andy Weir, uh, you know, the author for uh, The Martian, famous with that. Um, his fan fiction on it, it's about a one-pager. And, you know, I, you know, we don't really talk about books on this, but this was one of my favorite little fan fictions about a book that I've actually read. Um, it's really great. I think it takes one of the... Now, are, you read, are you reading fan fictions for books you haven't no, read? No. Because that's, that's confusing. But no, because I, I, somebody recommended it to me, and it actually explains... Um, one of the the main antagonists, what his motivations are, to a point where it actually, 
when you know you read this one page and you're like, ooh, he might have actually been right. And I think it's a great one. So, if, you know, if you go and read the book, you know, always a great one. If we recommend, we very rarely recommend books on this. But in terms of this, great book to go read. Uh, the Martian is another one that we do recommend because great book again. Um, but if you do finish Ready Player One, go read the Andy Weir fan fiction about it. It's only one page. It'll make it'll take you five minutes. Great, great little intro or great little intro for your uh, your antagonist in the uh, Ready Player One uh, book. So and and to add to that, the Ernest Klein actually said he was going to kind of accept it as canon to the Ready Player One you know book, which I I could I could take or leave. You know, it was definitely written well. It was inter- It was an interesting take, but I think I'm pretty happy with the antagonist the way it was portrayed. So it's, so it's yeah. It's, but either way, good movie. And and that was kind of what I was curious about, Pete and Sean. I was wondering if the if the trailer really carried any weight or any interest without the context of the book, because um, without the book, I don't know if I like. There's so much going on. I don't even know what I would expect. So. Yeah, but in anything, anything else? I know there was a lot of. Uh, I think we did DC. Anything on Marvel? You guys want to touch on real quick? Uh, there was quick mention on uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, I don't know if y'all y'all saw this, but uh, they're actually setting it in the '90s, so it'll actually be a a prequel to Iron Man with with the scrolls, which will which ought to be an interesting uh, thing with all the the '90s references and whatnot. Um. Tons of uh, Rachel haircuts for Matt. I, I heard, yeah, that was a good one. By the way, um, I completely forgot about the Rachel. So we'll we'll see that. That's, that sounds phenomenal. I, I tell you, let's, yeah, be let's, let's get into Sean's, it. Sean's Sean's really yeah, excited because all the friends uh, references that he'll be like, dude, I totally remember that. <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably more excited though for the Thor Ragnarok trailer and the fact that it's going to be the shortest Marvel film that's been released in this whole Phase One through Three series. But uh, series is, um, but did you guys see that as well? The the third or the second Thor Ragnarok trailer and the fact oh, yeah. that Thor actually or not Thor but the fact that the Hulk speaks now yeah that was my favorite scene of that whole trailer it was the best thing I- I'm elated at how Chris Hemsworth's doing Thor just just <laughs> such a phenomenal job and just the way <laughs> it's just so entertaining it's not you know it's not a Drax kind of thing it's kind of like a self-aware Drax the way that he, you know I don't know if that makes sense but ever since the first one which I think we're going to talk about Tenneth Brandon in a second here which was who directed the first Thor you know Thor does the he wants another drink and he throws his glass down and he just says another because he's so oblivious um, to certain <laughs> social cues or certain you know human things um, and just the way that he's growing and kind of having more of the jokes and things like that so the interaction with the Hulk is just phenomenal and you know catch the trailer as as I think Dave or Sean just mentioned just awesome interaction between the two and it's pretty awesome seeing the Hulk give get you a little more Mark Ruffalo action even when he's doing that when he is a CG character <laughs> and w- from what I heard too Matt is that basically like he never it, over the span of the last two years or what this what's taken place between this and whatever the last movie that he was in was Avengers uh was that um Age of Ultron. Yeah, Age of Ultron. He basically has been in the Hulk. He hasn't gone back to the the uh, Bruce Banner stage. He's only been in the Hulk state for two straight years, which I found to be interesting. So I think that's part of the reason where they were justifying the fact that Hulk can talk is because of the fact that they're sort of becoming one person. Hmm. Interesting. It's not a bit interesting movie. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I think everyone's. I was excited for it just based on the trailer, but now now I'm getting pulled into actually what they're gonna they're gonna show in this in this. I think it was gonna be awesome in terms of action and, and a little plot, but now we're getting a little bit more um, 
information on the plot and it's getting even, me even more excited about it. So, um, of course, and and who can't get excited about Goldblum, right? Boom. Who was he actually in the trailer for this one? I don't remember seeing him in this one. I don't think he spoke, but I think he no, he, he his face was him. in there. But yeah, he okay, he yeah. had more. He had like a one line in the first trailer. Okay. I think he had a quick quip in this one too, but yeah, it wasn't like a major major thing. Yeah, so you know, just just to call back to you know the phenomenal director Kenneth Branagh and uh, phenomenal actor Kenneth Branagh from uh, uh, Dunkirk, which we're going to talk about here in a second. He's also directing the uh, and starring in Murder on the Orient Express, and it was just re- kind of just announced or kind of became popular. Um, uh, sorry, just made the news. The news today that apparently he shot that on uh, 65 millimeter, and I know you know Dunkirk was made a lot of news because of the 70 millimeter as well as the 70 millimeter showings in the theaters. Uh, no word on yet on Murder on the Orient Express making it to um, the theaters on on film beyond you know maybe some 35 millimeter transfers, which is kind of the standard film stock. Um, so pr- pretty excited. Kenneth Branagh apparently is a kind of a celluloid fan really likes film which we don't you know we know Christopher Nolan does as well and so looking forward to seeing what that's going to be like we, we had the hateful eight road show a few years ago which I did get to see which was pretty awesome on 70 millimeter but that was actually also just a road show where you didn't have any trailers you actually had an intermission um, so that was that was kind of a, a nice experience just you know just having that kind of a more of an, you know, kind of more of an experience or an outing than just going to the theaters and going through the motions of, of sitting through 20 minutes worth of trailers. Um, so I, I, it'll be interesting. It's kind of a confined space for such a large format. Um, but, you know, Quentin Tarantino was able to do it in a kind of a bar cabin for a while as well. So we'll see how this turns out. Not sure we'll get the, the vast showing on a, on the screen, but uh, we did get to see that with Dunkirk. So looking forward to talking about that a little bit more here in a second. S- side note, Matt, just to follow up on that. I like honestly believe that this movie is going to be awesome because of the fact that I've read the book. I understand the storyline and it's interesting to see that a lot of people didn't realize that that was Kenneth Branagh who's playing her. Not only is he directing, but he's also playing the role of Hercule Poirot, who's sort of the protagonist, right? Uh, in the film. Sort of. Um, yeah, he is. But uh, I'm trying to <laughs> speak on layman, uh, sort of not trying to give it away too much. But, um, but the in this, that trailer, I still think that that's one of the best trailers I've seen in a, in a long while. I like the way he kind of goes through each character as they're all sitting there in the same setting of that train car. So the 60 millimeter, I think, might play well to the fact that it's in. I mean, more or less, it's the whole film is going to be in. in the span of uh, what what is a train car usually about 12 feet wide maybe uh maybe it might be 15 feet wide but anyway um yeah should be pretty cool i'm pretty excited about it what about you peter you have any thoughts on uh, the upcoming kenneth Branagh directed and starred film it's kind of funny it, it, it's very similar to we were just talking about uh ready player one and you know dave and and matt have some some feelings about it because they've read the books and you know the same here you know i had no feelings on that one i don't have too many feelings on this because i haven't read the book and so i'm i'm open to it again the trailer doesn't really tell you too much other than the it's a murder mystery obviously so it doesn't get me super jazz but it i'm you know i'm excited for you having the background and 
knowing that, you know, you've, you've read it and it seems like it's going to be good to you. I mean, I'll, I'll take that as at least one proof point that hopefully it's good. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I like, I like what Kenneth Branagh does. What's funny is I feel like he's very uneven with what he's directed, especially when you look at the past. I mean, he did. Uh, <laughs> did uh, anybody actually see that? Ryan did anyone actually flick. see that? Um, I can't even think of the name. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was okay. It's uh, to be honest, I'm always I shouldn't say always. Sometimes I'm a little off put by when he is writer director and he stars in the movie. It it always seems a little funny to me. But uh, you know, there's certain times when that works really well, and certain times when it doesn't. And maybe I just kind of the, uh, the was he in? I don't remember him being in Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. He was the main big bad in that movie. I for some reason thought it was somebody else. Maybe I'm thinking of his sidekick. I'm probably thinking of the sidekick. N- but just real quick insert too is that the speaking of like we talked about netflix and we've talked about amazon picking up series uh along with the fact that hercule poirot is one of the main characters in murder in the order express amazon just picked up the rights to uh seven agatha christie mystery agatha christie mysteries which as we all know hercule poirot sort of the uh protagonist in all of her novel novels so um yeah, should be pretty cool. They're going to capitalize on the on this movie coming out in November, and then backing it up with a couple of uh, like mini series. So yeah, pretty cool. I'm excited so, about that. So Sean, would you recommend us reading this book before we actually go see it, or should it go vice versa? You think? I I go back and forth because the movie. I mean, the book itself is it might be a little bit outdated so you might enjoy it more without having seen the or without having read the book i read this book back when uh i probably was a teenager so it, it's even been a little bit for me but I, I mean i tend to find most of those like murder mystery novels pretty enticing or pretty interesting so um yeah just kind of play it by ear but i'd probably go no book you can kind of get the story from kenneth brownell's eyes okay fair enough we'll read the good, book afterwards yeah. good to know i'll read the book after yeah i i I did love Agatha Christie novels when I was younger. I really enjoyed them. I thought they were fun, especially kind of her short short stories. Um, and Peter, I, I love that the trailer told you it was a murder mystery, but the title itself um, did not. Um, <laughs> shut up, man. Just shut up. But, uh, so you're joking because the title is murder in it. Yes. That, that, was the, that was the joke. Thank you, Sean. That was like the stoner clarification for anybody listening. <laughs> so what but, you're saying I just is... like doing that to Matt because Matt likes to make everything yeah <laughs> sorry he, he's Good. not he's not wrong he, he deserves um, that in my in my um so i totally missed it that was kenneth bragnaw in in bragnaw in uh in uh, jack ryan shadow recruit and it's definitely the hair because i don't think i've ever seen his hair look like that and it for some reason completely threw me so apparently a, a simple haircut would would uh, <laughs> fool me you lost or, all a hair, or a hair dye would fool me and just just to repeat what sean iterated what sean stated though it really is a good trailer the way they they walk through the train car and introduce people and a few people speak and a few people don't um gives you a nice introduction to the characters you see a lot of familiar faces and I, i'm really looking forward to it so it's gonna be nice i'm not sure about the accent um i'll have to see how that that goes through the course of the movie but i'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to Johnny Depp not being a lead, because um, I think that's where we're seeing good movies with him more re- more recently. Or wearing makeup and weird jewelry, that too. Yes, yes, that helps. That helps too. 